I'm going to get into a real uh, heavy subject today about authority. Okay, about authority. And, and so before we do that, I want you to know something. When you give your life to Christ, you are a child of his. And he loves you. He loves you very, very much. And so I want you to know that your relationship with Jesus is a love relationship. And that the word of God is to free you of yourself. It's to free you. The word of God is freeing. And you might feel conviction when you first hear the word because he's calling you to a better person. But do not stay in conviction and condemnation. That's not the Lord. He is your father. and He loves you. I want you to know that first. And he is ours. Just like Carl said to us. He is ours. And we are his. And he is ours. I want you to know that first. And then I'm going to go into the word here. And I want you to know something. Last week we covered about this. Behold, I send you in sheep's a sheep amongst wolves. And, and we got really into that battle, what that looks like. But I want to go from there. How do you fight your battles? How do you fight your battles? We, we talked about the series of putting on the armor of God. We're seated in the in, in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. So I climbed the ladder up and down. And we know we have something with him. There's something that Christ Jesus does with us in our battle. Do you believe that? Do you believe today that there's a battle? There's a battle of your soul. And if you're not aware of this, you have been deceived. There is a battle for your soul. If you do not hand your soul over to Jesus Christ, you will be defeated. And I want you to know something. But when you do hand your life over to him, and that's a surrender, that has to come from your mouth. It comes from your mouth. If you confess with your mouth. Listen to me. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You've got to confess and believe that Christ Jesus is who he is. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You must be saved. Period. Doesn't matter past or what you're, think, you're doing in the future. You must be saved. Jesus says it to Nicodemus. You must be born again. And when you do that, in that moment, you should know when you give your life to Christ, there is a relationship that starts, and he's been waiting for you. He's a loving father, ready to wrap his arms around you. I want to make sure you have that clear. There's a lot of confusion about that today. There's all kinds of religions being, being taught. There's all kinds of ways to heaven. There's all kinds of whatever. You, that's lies. You need to know the truth of what God's word says. You must be saved. And if that makes you uncomfortable, you, you better get right with the Lord. That's all there is to it. And then, once you're saved, part of his flock, the next thing you'll do is you'll, you'll, be, you'll come and mist with wolves, you'll come and mist with the devil's schemes, and you better be willing and ready. And so, I want to make sure we go there. I want to talk about authority today. And I, I don't know how many weeks I'll do this, but I just know there's just a lot to do here. But first, when we go into authority, I, has anybody here has ever had parents that had you to something to do, and you're at a young age, and you decided to do your thing and not their thing? <laughs> Am I the only one? I mean, I remember two instances very clearly. One was with my dad, and one was with my mom. There was a time in my life where I thought, maybe I knew more. Maybe. And my dad was, he gave me an assignment when I got home from school as a mow the grass. Anybody has ever done that before with your, your son or daughter? You're going to mow the grass. By the time I get home from work, I want that done. The assignment was given, and 
my dad has the authority, doesn't he? Just like your parents in your house have the authority. And so he said, I want it done. And, and I, I decided that day I was going to test the waters. I don't know what I was thinking. And so I, he came home, and he, <laughs> he knew. When he pulled in the driveway, he knew. And I wasn't real brave because I, I knew I kind of, and so I was kind of hiding. And when he came home, he says, Jim, did you mow the grass? <laughs> what do you think I did? I didn't say yes because he knew. <laughs> I got a brother a year ahead of me. Well, I thought you said Dan was, you know, but it didn't work. I met, I, I met Mr. Belt. Anybody ever had a, had a disciplinary in, in the household? And, I met, and then my mother, and, and for some reason, there was a time in, 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 in my life where my brother and I, we, had, we shared the same room. You're apart, two boys. That should set the stage. There was a time, what? You, you, I have a better one for you, Dad. You get a better one? Yeah, when you have your separate barn. Oh. Or, yeah. There's been a couple times, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Broke the windows. Okay, well, I, okay. All right, I'll share that one. You know, I have the authority here, you know. that. <laughs> I want you to know that. But anyway, okay, I, I, we had a barn. Anybody live on a farm before? I lived on a farm for about four years. I was little, so forgive me. And I had a sister five years older than me. I had a brother a year older than me. And uh, my brother and I always did things together. We were stirring it up all the time. We, we knew how to do that well. We're living on a farm. There's nothing else to do. There's nobody around. So he and I did our own thing. And so we were assigned by my parents. My dad especially says, I want you to go out and clean the barn of all the manure. Because we had three horses. And I don't know about you. That is not fun. Has anybody ever done that before? You got a pitchfork? That's that's. That's child labor. That, that, that's not right. That shouldn't even be on the list of things to do. So we got pitchforks, and we're in there. And, you know, you do one stall, and you're done. We had three. So my brother and I thought, you know what? Why do we have to do this? And we both thought, it's because of the smell. It's because the barn smells. That's the reason why. That, if it wasn't for that, it'd be okay, because it's not all that bad. The, the horses can lay down in their own manure. It's okay. It's just the smell. We got to fix the problem. So we walked around the barn, and we broke all of the windows in the barn with stones. Cast your stones. So I did. Stones on every window on the bottom. And we actually tried to throw stones at the top windows, but we couldn't reach those. So it's just the bottom. So there's a, probably a good, you know, four-sided barn. My dad gets home. And we... Th <laughs> Meet Mr. Belt, but ain't before I get there. We thought we did Okay. Did you ever in your life think, even though I didn't do the exact thing that I was called, to, I, I didn't do the exact thing I was supposed to do, but I thought I did good enough? Anybody there before? Come, am I the only one confessing today? And so I said, okay. Um, so we did that. And we walked up to Dad thinking, hey, Dad, we fixed the problem. He said, fix what problem? We fixed the problem with the manure. We won't have to worry about it again. He says, what are you talking about? <laughs> So we took him over to the barn. We, we were so proud. Dad, come on. Come on. Let's, we're going to show you something. We walked. We, throwing stones at windows. It, it, somebody taught me differently than that. So we brought him over. He looked at the, he looked at the windows and said, boys. <laughs> Anybody have a weeping willow tree? Do you ever have to take branches off the weeping willow tree? 
Those things hurt. I'd rather have the belt. Weeping, well, they're like whips. You ever, you know what I'm saying? Who knows what I'm saying? You strip off all the leaves, and it's like, whoosh, whoosh. guess what we got that day? The branch, not the belt. But anyway, let's go on. I confess to all of you. Let's go ahead. Everybody has problems with, you know, every person in this place has problem with authority. If you say you don't, you're lying. You do. Every one of us. How do I know that? Husbands and wives, do you have disputes in the house once in a while? Do we have disputes about doing the Lord's will at times? Do we have disputes when we were little and we had to listen to someone to tell us? Anybody here have employee, as an employee, have an employer telling you what to do and you think, I don't want to do that. Every one of us deals with authority. Every one of us doesn't like it. Do you know the problems of today? We have young people that are, that are uh, causing all kinds of havoc on California and different campuses because they don't like what happened with the election. And so all this stuff. We have a divided nation today. And a lot of it comes down to authority. It comes down to whether it's authority in a home, whether it's authority when you go to work. It's authority. If you like it, don't like it. So it's God sets authority in places. He sets, he sets rulers in places. And we have to submit to authority. That's not easy. If you say it's easy, uh, you're lying again. Everybody, it's not it's one of the hardest things we ever have to do is take a command and do it, whether we like it or not. So let's talk about authority. I want to go into the word, but I first want to go in Old Testament. I want to go back where we ran into the initial problem with authority. Now, I'm sure it happened clear back to Cain, Cain and Abel, <laughs> of course. But let's read this. This is when authority really came into the picture here. It says, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the other nations. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel. And it says, When they said, Give us a king to judge us, Samuel prayed to the Lord. He knew it wasn't right. All the other nations have done it. He says, This isn't the way we're supposed to do this. And what's the Lord say? In verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they have said to you, for they have not rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected who? They have not rejected you, Samuel. Samuel was in a place of a high priest. He was well-respected man of God. And they said, No, you're, going, you're getting old, Samuel, so you aren't going to be around, so we need someone to replace you. We want a king like other nations. And as soon as they decided to do that, God said, they have not rejected you, Samuel. They rejected me. And so when it comes down to all of this, it's a rejection of God, isn't it? So let's go up into the New Testament. That's Old Testament. And let's go first. Let's go into authority. Authority, if you look it up in the dictionary, as some of us probably do at times, power to influence or command thought, opinion, or behavior. The president's authority, a person in command, a government agency or corporation in charge. Anybody know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of those around. You have city, you have state, you have government, you got federal, you have all kinds of things in place with laws and regulations. And so we're supposed to follow those things. It is the way we're supposed to live. And so we know that man has set up authority. Now... That's Webster. Let's go into what God's word says in the Greek. New Testament. 
You want to look at the Strong's number? It's right there. There's the Greek word right there. It refers to the authority of what? The authority God gives to his saints, authorizing them to act to the extent that they are guided by faith, his revealed word. Where's authority come from? In only one place. It's established in heaven, and it's for us. You guys understand? So what we've made authority has been wrong. God sets in places of authority. We're supposed to just say, that's the way it's done. And so God's delegated empowerment, it's authorization by God. If you want to pray, pray in the name of Jesus. It's God's authority, right? We believe that. Let's go into a story. Mark 1, 21, 22. First mentioned, I looked in the, in the New Testament and think, okay, when is authority drawn up? When, when do we start to see Jesus in his rightful authority? And it's when he started to teach. And look at this. This is when he already picked James, John, Simon, which is Peter, and Andrew. Already gathered up four disciples, and then he goes into Capernaum. And it says here, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching, for his teaching them was what? One having authority and not as the scribes. I want you to see that very clearly. He says he identified. How did they identify Christ had authority? All of a sudden, all the authority the scribes had was no longer there. Because what happened? Because the teaching of Jesus brought real authority in. And they said, wait a second. This is now authority. That means what the scribes were saying is not. You see the difference? Immediately. So what is the key to revealing authority? What is the key in the church for revealing authority? Absolutely God's word. It's established. It says, they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So Christ in his word brought it clear to them. I just love that. It goes on. It says, just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. I love it. <laughs> Immediately, Christ proclaims the word. They see authority. They even make that declaration. There's authority. It's right there. It's in Christ Jesus and what he's saying. As soon as that was established, what raised its ugly head? What was it? Evil. So anytime the declaration of God's word is done, and it should be done all the time, in your house, in your employment, everywhere you go, the word of God should be a part of who you are. The Holy Spirit leads us into that truth, right? So wherever you go, take his authority with you. The Spirit is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. Take it. And it says, as soon as he, they declared it, it says, just then there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, what business do you have each other? What, Jesus, what, do we, what business do we have? If you read it in the other, it's in Luke, he says, what are you here to do? I'm confused. What, what business do you have? They were fearful of his authority. What business do you have with us, each of us, it says Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So let me ask a question. In your life, when you declare the Word of God, you now as a Christian believer, reading the Word of God, 
What comes against you? What is an opposition of his authority and word? What could that be? What does it say? So if you think you're not in the battle today, you lie to yourself. If you're not in conflict with evil in your life, then I have to say maybe we're not walking the way we should. You should be using the word of God against conflict all the time. As soon as the word of God is declared, as soon as authority is established, guess what's going to raise its ugly head? So be ready. Let's go on. It says here, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him, throwing him in convulsions. The unclean spirit cried out in a loud voice, and it came out of him. So Jesus takes hold. And he cast out the unclean spirit. Just as we ourselves are faced with that. I think we must keep this all in perspective. Make sure that you know what's going on around you. And it says, Mark 27, says 127, they were all amazed, so they debated amongst themselves, saying, what is this? What is this? We don't understand. What is this? It says, a new teaching with authority. He comes, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Who in your life has been your authority figure? Can you guys give me a little time together here? Who, who in your life has been your authority figure? Mom, dad, maybe you're out of the house now. Who is the authority figure in your house? Do you share that as husband and wife? Is there, is there, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with those conflicts in your life where you don't want to do something for the other. What does marriage look like? Hmm? A compromise. What other? You guys are freshly married. Nancy and George. We, just had, a, we had a wedding just here yesterday. And they have tied the knot. They're married today. Now, I will not embarrass you, pull you up on stage, and ask you the questions like this. But if you want to start your marriage off right, then what are you going to do? What is your choice today? Have you both given your life to Christ? Okay. Now, when you give your life to Christ, and now you have an opposition, and evil is going to raise its ugly head as soon as you can, what must you do? What is your plan? Anybody else have some things? This is a discussion time. I like these times because we get a lot deeper in God's word when we discuss it. It's a partnership, three-way. Anybody else? So the word of God read every day. Okay. What other things? Is that all we can do? It's a we. Marriage counseling 101. So what's the greatest advice? Who's been married over 40 years in here? Anybody? Okay. We got two. Well, in the same row. No. Yes. What would you say would be the best advice you can give to those who are married or thinking about getting married? We'll start with you couple right here. They're looking at each other. No. 
Mm, the God's first. You hear it? Okay. She says to make God first in your life. Anything else? That's pretty, I don't know how you can trump that. Carl, that's going to be pretty hard to do. You too. You've got a chance to shine right now. Listen to my wife. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Happy life. Would you? Okay, so when difficulties come, you commit to do it together. Okay. Hmm. That's good sound advice, don't you think? One couple says to make Christ very first, absolute first in your life. And then it says, then and when difficulties come, make sure you're committed to stay together and do it, work it through. Become stronger that way. It's good. Anybody else have any wisdom? My wife has wisdom. Okay. Are you on? Yep, I'm on. So what I see my husband do in our home with my kids is that when they mess up, um, instead of just disciplining and reprimanding, he goes to the word and he finds, he'll say, you get, you find me something in the word. And, and so Jaden more so because she's older, you know, they will sit together and they will discuss something in the word that goes along with the problem solving of the issue at hand. Do you know, do you know that every situation that you come in contact with, you got to work through, do you know every situation can be found what to do in his word? Do you believe that today? That the book here, the instruction book is actually everything that you need in every situation you run into. I truly believe that. So the wisdom that God gives you through his word is when those conflicts come, you say, well, I know what his word says. And if you don't know what his word says to do, you should go to it and find it. And the better you get with that, the more quickly you can have that. But when it's here and you use it, then any conflict that comes your way, you'll not do. And I can guarantee this 100%. As a believer in Christ Jesus today, and the way things are going, the way things have been, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get much more difficult. That if you're not ready to do battle, if you're not ready to fight through and stay committed together as a couple or whatever you need to do as a family, you, you, at the other side of that is a very ugly thing. And you can see that with the day with all the divorce rates. Let's do this. It's, well, it's only 10 to 12. Hmm. Only 10 to 12. We had time to pray. I'm going to pray today. Before I do this, so I want you guys to commit to something. I want you to commit to something before you leave the building. I want you to commit, first of all, if you're husband, wife, I want you to look at each other, and I want you to recommit your life together with purpose and focus. Okay? What that means is you don't just take for granted the marriage you had how many years ago. I want you to reestablish that commitment today. I want you to say, wherever we are together. Okay? Make sure that you understand that, that you are committed with each other anytime, any, doesn't matter what, because we know and understand today, we're going to go into more authority this next week, but we understand as believers that we're going to fight an evil one. He's coming at us, and we've got to be together, stronger together. So do that. Would you do that today as married couples? And if you're here, maybe you're, you're, you're dating somebody beside you, maybe you're thinking about marriage, maybe you're just, you know, thinking it out. 
I want you to look, make sure, first of all, this, this, this is one that you can talk amongst each other. Maybe you guys haven't even talked marriage in that case. You may not even want to do this. But if you are thinking about that, I want you to understand what marriage is for and what it's all about for you. Talk to each other. Be more personal about it. Father, I love you. We love you today. Father, Father, thank you that we are trying to figure out this word authority. And Lord, I know every one of us had times in our life that we did not embrace it. We, did, we didn't want to do what we knew we should do. And there's times that we've actually done things thinking, was that good enough? Was that just good enough? But Lord, that's not what it's about. Lord, your instructions are clear. Father, we just pray that you continue to speak to us. Lead us and guide us through your word, through the Holy Spirit. May, may we listen to him as he leads us. May we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. May, may, that, may our relationship together be strong. And Father, no matter what comes our way, Lord, we'll be strong in you. Just like they said in, as married couples, Lord, Jesus first. Lord, we love you. We give you this day in Jesus' name.